0: بسم الله الرحمن الرحيم الحمد لله رب العالمين الصلاة والسلام على أشرف الأنبياء والمرسلين سيدنا محمد ابن عبد الله وعلى آله وصحبه أجمعين ومن تبعهم بإحسان إلى يوم الدين أما بعد respected elders your brothers and sisters my young friends Assalamu alaikum wa rahmatullahi ta'ala wa barakatuh. We know that anything that is created must have a creator. Allah Azza wa Jal is our creator and Allah Subhanahu wa Ta'ala by virtue of being our creator has decided most matters for us. He has left some up to our free will to decide which option to take. So once again, Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala created us and He decided a number of or most of the factors that affect us and our lives. He decided those for us and He left some choices, few choices for us to make with our free will. To decide which option to take. Now, whichever option we choose, whatever decisions we make in our life, Allah Subhanahu Wa Taala is already aware of the choice that we're going to make. He already knows that we are going to choose it, because Allah Subhanahu Wa Taala is Alim, Al Alim, and Al khabir He's all aware, all knowing of everything. For us, from our perspective though The challenge is to make the best choices Not just the right choices But the best choices Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala tells us About the creation of life and death And he says about himself al ayyukum ahsanu amala." The one who created death and life So that he may test you as to which of you is best in his deeds Which of you is best in his deeds As we discussed last week Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala tests people in different ways And the verse that we recite we did last week as well that certainly we shall test you with something of fear, hunger, loss of wealth, loss of lives and fruits. At this time last week, I mentioned, I recited this verse in front of you. And at that time, at that time we, as individuals perhaps, but certainly as a community, were not feeling fear. We were not feeling fear. It was not something which was at the top of our minds. Many of us were not anxious. We were relaxed. We were comfortable. We had many other things on our minds. But it took only a few hours. Only a few hours and a few days. And we find that the situation has changed. If we could have it our way, if we could have it our way, we would have done everything we could. We would have done everything we could to stop this situation from coming upon us. But it was something which was not in our control. It was not something which was in our control. And Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala allowed it to go ahead Allah Azza wa Jal allowed it to go ahead and this was a test for those making the decision to do what they chose to do this was a test for the individuals who were involved and as we know all of the choices we make are part of this test so those who made the choices to do what they did It was their test. And that's what they chose to do. And what they chose to do is what what we believe was absolutely the wrong choice to make. It was absolutely the wrong choice to make. Meaning, to carry out such actions, to carry out such attacks, which are totally unjustified and absolutely against the teachings of of our deen. And in fact, in this situation, there is triple oppression that takes place. Triple the volume, triple the wrong. Not just one wrong, but three wrongs. Number one, to take away the God given life, the life that Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala has put illegitimately, and to spread chaos. Both of these things are forbidden. So this is number one, the first wrong. Second wrong is to grossly misrepresent Islam. Gross, not just misrepresent in a minor way, but grossly misrepresent Islam by linking cruel and unjust acts with our deen. This was the second mistake, the second form of oppression. And the third Is to become a cause for fueling hatred against Islam and against Muslims. So this is a threefold oppression. These are, this is not just one big mistake. These are three big mistakes. Now this is also a test for us. This is also a test for us. And as I mentioned, as I recited the the ayah, Surah Al-Baqarah, Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala mentions that one of the forms of these tests Shayin min al-khawf, fear And now we are living this test So we call this the test of fear, the test of anxiety And it is natural It is natural for people to feel fear To feel the emotion of fear and anxiety And everyone, even the prophets At one point or the other Experience this emotion So it is not an unnatural emotion It is not an emotion Which is wrong per se Or that is forbidden It's natural It's natural to feel anxious It is natural to feel afraid However, the believer is one The mu'min, the believer is one Who resists becoming paralyzed with fear The believer is one who resists becoming paralyzed with fear and keeps that emotion within reasonable limits. So it's a natural emotion, but it's an emotion that the believer can control or at least makes an attempt, makes an effort to control. And there's three ways, three things that we must do when we deal with the emotion Emotions of fear and anxiety Number one The first step Is to utilize physical and logical means To address the reasons behind that fear Use physical and logical means That are available To address the causes of that fear so, do what you can to prepare first, to deal with the issue in a physical, in a logical way. As we know, one day, Rasulullah sallallahu alayhi wasallam noticed that a Bedouin had left his camel without tying it. Famous incident, famous hadith, everyone quotes it all the time. Without tying it, so he asked the Bedouin. Okay, so, in today's terms, it's like having a car and leaving the ignition on and walking away okay i know this is this happens in some areas and it's perfectly fine no one takes your car okay but if you leave the keys in the ignition here and leave your car outside and leave the doors unlocked what is likely to happen are you likely to find your car when you go back maybe you will if you live in a very nice safe area but there's a good chance that you will not be able to find your car because it will be gone okay so we can say this is somewhat similar to that so rasulullah sallallahu alaihi wasallam noticed that this person had left the camel untied outside. So he asked him, Rasulullah sallallahu wasallam asked him, why don't you tie down your camel? Why don't you tie down your camel? Right, essentially in today's terms, why don't you take the keys out of the car and lock the door? So the Bedouin answered, said, I put my trust in Allah. This is such a nice thing. It's a very good feeling. I put my trust in in Allah, something which is very important. But Rasulullah replied, tie your camel first, then you put your trust in Allah. Tie your camel first, then put your trust in Allah. So yes, absolutely put your trust in Allah. This is a must. But do your part first. Do what you can first. Utilize the means that are available first. And we know, that Rasulullah sallallahu wasallam Was at the highest level of iman, Highest level of taqwa Highest level of tawakkul on Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala of Reliance on Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala Yet still there were companions who served as guards For the Prophet sallallahu wasallam. There's in fact A pillar in Masjid al-Nabawi Which is known as the spot Where the guards would be Where the guard would be seated To watch Over Rasulullah sallallahu alayhi wa To ensure the safety and usually, it used to be Ali, radiallahu anhu, he used to stay overnight. And thus, the pillar is known by his name. And then we say, okay, you know, how about if you turn to someone who is not a Muslim and you seek their assistance in providing you guidance and safety? So, we have that example as well that during the hijrah of the Prophet, sallallahu alaihi wasallam, when he and Abu Bakr as-Siddiq, radiallahu anhu, were migrating from initially, the first ones to migrate from Mecca to Medina, right? Or when they were doing it themselves, others have already gone, but they were doing going themselves. Who was their guide? Who was the expert who was guiding them along the way? He was a person by the name of Abdullah bin Urayqit, who was a polytheist. He was a mushrik, he was not a Muslim. Imagine, such a crucial journey, such a Dangerous journey In which the Prophet sallallahu Is leaving secretly And Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala is providing the protection And he's alone Right, there's only a few people Abu Bakr as siddiq radiallahu anhu is with him And who is the one You know, who is guiding them through this treacherous journey When there's, you know, a bounty on their heads When people are looking for them When the, the enemy is looking for them and they are in need of someone to, to lead the way and guide them. Who is showing this way? It is someone who is a mushrik, someone who is not a Muslim. And there's even a discussion on whether he actually accepted Islam or not. And a lot of people say he, perhaps he never became Muslim. Yet, he was a, someone who was an expert at his, in his field, and he was someone who was considered to be trustworthy. And thus, even for this vital journey, at this crucial moment, Rasulullah was perfectly fine. And using the services of this person. Numerous other examples of Rasulullah using you know utilizing available means for security and for other important matters. And of course, being vigilant. Being vigilant and taking precautions. So what do we learn from this? That yes, you must have faith in Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. You must place your trust in Allah Azza wa Jalla. But at the same time, we use the means that are available to us. So in today's times, the equivalent would be to have things such as security, security cameras, security guards, working with the police, working with other officials, something which we are doing here in the city, and being vigilant. So just because we do these things, we utilize these means it, is not, it does not mean that we are Taking away our faith from Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala Yet this is part of our responsibility So all of this Is something which is important But the physical and the logical effort Is not the only effort that the believer makes A believer does not say that Okay, I have made these efforts I have tried to use these means And now that's it My job is done, and now I'll be safe. This is not the approach of the believer. In fact, it is the first step. It is the first step. And the believer doesn't put his or her faith in these means. Rather, he or she takes these steps to fulfill this responsibility given by Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala to use the means that are available to you. But it does not mean that because we are using these means that we put our faith into it. Like if someone takes medicine, or goes to a doctor for, for a cure When they're ill Doesn't mean that they have full Yaqeen And full belief That the doctor and the medicine Are the one who are going to, do, to give the cure No, the cure comes from Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala Always The cure we know comes from Allah azza wa jalla It's not the doctor or the medicine that cures us But these are means that we take Means that are available to us We utilize them While placing our faith in Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala So the physical and the logical effort goes hand in hand with a second type of effort. And the second type of effort is using the spiritual means. So we use the physical and the logical means. Then we use the spiritual means as well. Because you see Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala has given us spiritual weapons of self-defense. Spiritual weapons of self-defense. For example, when we recite Surah Al-Faraq, when we recite Surah Al-Falaq, Surah Al-Nas as well. Right, we are seeking, Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala is telling us, He's giving us the prescription, that this is what you should say. This is how you should seek my protection. You're seeking protection from the mischief of the created things. From the mischief of the created things, and everything that we deal with is created by Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. It's all the creation of Allah azza wa jal. So we're asking Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala for protection from the evil of everything that is created. From the mischief, the evil of the darkness. The mischief, the evil of those who practice secret arts. You know, a lot of times, young people especially, very much into, you know, oh, so and so is planning this. There's these secret societies. And perhaps it is true, Allah alam. Right, and people are meeting secretly to plot, to control people and to hurt people. Yes, they may be doing it. But Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala has given us the medicine to deal with all of that. The spiritual protection for that. And of course the envious ones People who have hatred, they have envy And they're trying to hurt people Allah well, subhanahu wa ta'ala has given us Protection for that as well in Suratul al-falaq Reciting The three quz Something which is proven From the Prophet sallallahu alaihi wasallam In particular at bedtime, before going to bed Reciting it Blowing it over one's body For the protection of Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala the last few verses in particular, the last two verses of Surah Al-Baqarah, very very strong. Ayatul Kursi, once again in Surah Al-Baqarah, very very powerful. Prophet said that the last two verses of Surah Al-Baqarah, whoever recites them at night. Not the entire Surah, the entire Surah is also very important. But the last two verses, whoever recites them at night, they will be sufficient for him. Now what does it mean it will be sufficient for this person? Imam um, Nawawi, rahmahullah, one of the great commentators, he said that this means that they will suffice instead of different views have been narrated, have been mentioned instead of praying qiyamul lay that they will suffice, and it was said that they will suffice, they will be enough for this person against shaitan or against harm. Right? Different opinions have been mentioned. Now, Imam Nawawi, he says that it may be understood as the meaning of all these things. That if you recite the last two verses of Surah Al-Baqarah. Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala will grant you all these different forms of protection. The Messenger of Allah sallallahu alayhi wa sallam also said that the one who recites three times, three times every morning and every evening, recites what? Bismillahi alladhi la yaduru ma ismihi shaykhun fil ardi wa la fil samaaa wa huwa al alim, meaning in the name of Allah, with whose name? There is protection against every kind of harm in the, in the earth or in the heaven. Every kind of harm in the earth and in the heaven. And he is the all-hearing and all-knowing. If someone recites this, Prophet said three times in the morning, three times in the evening, nothing will harm him. Nothing will harm him. Inshallah. When we head out to recite du'as before we leave from our home, Ala Allah. Wala hawla wala illa billah. That in the name of Allah I place my trust in Allah and there is no might no power except with Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. It is mentioned in a hadith that if a person recites this dua and departs, then there is a proclamation, an unseen proclamation that his need will be fulfilled and that this person will be protected from any harm or injury. And upon hearing this, shaitan goes away from the places and reflame, refrains from troubling the person who recited this dua. So once again, a very powerful dua. Finally, and there's, there's a number of other du'as as well, but one that I want to mention. Allahumma <laughs> inni bika an adillah oh aw O Allah, I seek refuge with you, lest I should stray or be led astray. أو أزلّ أو أزلّ Or slip, meaning slip and commit a sin unintentionally, or be tripped. أو أظلم أو أظلم Or oppress or be oppressed. أو ajhala أو yujhala Or behave foolishly. Behave foolishly or be treated foolishly. Another dua related by the Prophet Right, so this is the use of the spiritual means that Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala has made available to us. So we use the physical, the logical means, we utilize the spiritual means. Now the third and most important effort, okay, let's say we have done our, we have done whatever we could physically and logically. We have recited these these, these dua's okay, before we leave and when we wake up in the evening on all of this, which is very, very important. But the most important effort, my brothers and sisters, is the effort of the spiritual heart. The effort of our spiritual heart. And that is to sincerely believe, to sincerely and truly believe that Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala is Al-Hafidh, He is the protector. He is Al-Wakil, the trustee upon, in, in which we place our affairs, in which, with, who we trust our affairs with. Because it's one thing to make all, these, even say all these words, but if someone says it, but the heart is empty, the heart is not feeling it. We say it with our tongues, but we don't actually believe in it with our hearts. Then there's something wrong there. There's something missing. So therefore our heart also has to be engaged. Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala says, يَتَوَكَّلَ عَلَى اللَّهِ فَهُوَ حَسْبُهُ And whoever places his trust in Allah, he is sufficient for him. And this tawakkul, this trust, it has to do with the heart. You actually place your, place your trust in Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. You actually believe, you firmly believe that, yes, I have placed my trust in Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. And He will be sufficient for me. He will be enough for me. He will take care of me. Right? So you have that confidence in what you are saying. You have confidence in Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. And you feel it in your heart. I said that one day I was behind the Prophet sallallahu alayhi And he said to me, young man Young man, I shall teach you some words of advice I shall teach you some words of advice Be mindful of Allah and Allah will protect you Be mindful of Allah and you will find Him in front of you If you ask, ask of Allah If you seek help, seek help of Allah know that if the nation, if the people were to gather together, all of them, to benefit you with anything, it would benefit you only with something that Allah has already prescribed for you. Meaning that if Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala has will for you, then people can benefit you. And that if they all gather together to harm you with anything, they would harm you only with something, something that Allah had already prescribed for you. Something that Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala has willed for you and the pens have been lifted the pages have dried meaning whatever Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala has decided has already been decided now I mentioned in the beginning we have some matters in which we have free will okay but the things that Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala has decided and his knowledge of the choices we're going to make all of that is already there okay so whatever comes your way know that it comes after you've tried your best it comes from the will of Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala and your true protection is with Allah azza wa jall no one can gather you and harm you except if Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala allows it to happen so what does that mean that we should be connecting with Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala in yanṣurukum Allah falā ghāliba lakum if Allah should aid you if Allah should help you no one can overcome you no one wa yakhdhulkum faman dallabi yanṣurukum min baadi. but if he should forsake you if Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala Decides to forsake you Who is there that can aid you after him? اللَّهَ اللَّهِ And upon Allah Let the believers rely Right. So this is something that we should always Keep in our mind But most importantly In our hearts Now after preparing So we've used our means Spiritual, physical, logical We've worked on our heart And we placed our trust in Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala Now if something happens if something still happens to someone Some incident, some tragedy Some evil befalls a person So what do we do then? So then we accept it as the will of Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala And as a test in which we have no choice If we have done everything that we could And still something comes upon us It's from Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala is a test from Allah azza wa jal And the will of Allah There's a beautiful hadith The Prophet sallallahu Alaihi Wasallam has told us Regarding the decisions that Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala makes for us and things that come our way over which we have no control. He said, I am amazed, I am amazed by the believer that verily Allah does not decree anything for the believer except what is good for them. What is good for him. So whatever Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala has decreed, that means there is some khayr in it for us. We may not be able to see it because our vision is limited, but there will be a silver lining. There will be some goodness in it, perhaps down the road, perhaps something that we don't realize right now. But we believe that yes, even though it is something we do not want, we would have stopped it if we could. Yet if it still came upon us, despite our best efforts, and without actually wanting it or doing anything to support it, it still came from Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. And inshaAllah, there will be some goodness in it for us, biiznillahi Now Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala has given us the prescription for dealing with tests. What should we do if we are tested? S.W.T. So tells us when he talks about the test, Give glad tidings to the patient. So yes, we don't lose hope. We know that this is from Allah Subh'anaHu Wa Taala, And we are patient with whatever comes our way. And also, مصيبة, Those who are afflicted when afflicted with calamity, what do they say? Truly to Allah we belong, and truly to Him we shall return. Meaning that patience, number one Secondly, remember your relationship with Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. When something comes upon your way, remember, don't forget Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala because of the difficulty. But rather make it a means for going back to Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. Make it a means of remembering Him and your dependency upon Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. And my brothers and sisters, I'll end with this, that if we truly want to overcome fear, if we truly want to be in a state that nothing can, can make us afraid, and we are fearless, Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala tells us which are these types of people. Who are these people? Allah tells us in the Qur'an, أَلَا إِنَّ أَوْلِيَاءَ اللَّهِ لَا خَوْفٌ عَلَيْهِمْ وَلَا هُمْ يَحْزَنُونَ That verily the uh, that no doubt, verily the awliya of Allah, the friends of Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala, no fear shall come upon them. And some of the commentators say, meaning in this world, nor shall they grieve, meaning in the hereafter. There's different interpretations. But nonetheless, Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala tells us, for the friends of Allah azza wa jal, There's no fear. No fear shall come upon them. And they will not grieve about anything. They will not be sad. They will not be sad and they will not be afraid. So, if you want to truly achieve that state, you must work towards getting closer to Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. So, the summary, my brothers and sisters, three efforts to deal with safe, to achieve safety, and to deal with anxiety. So, number one, the physical and the logical effort that we utilize our means which are appropriate. Secondly, the spiritual effort, the adu'iyat, du'as that Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala has given us. And thirdly, purely the effort in the heart that we build our connection with Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala and our faith in Allah azza wa We make du'a to Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala that Ya Rabbi, He helps the oppressed all over the world. We ask Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala that He stops the oppressors wherever they may be. We ask Allah azza wa to grant peace all over this world. And we ask Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala to guide those who are misguided and to keep us all safe. Ameen wa wa alhamdulillah Alameen. A few important announcements. Uh, so, uh, the, the group of Muslim organizations masajid in the city, known as UMOOG, United Muslim Organizations of Ottawa,